Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. We could never exhaust the teaching on divorce and remarry because this sin of adultery is leading many masses on the broad way to hell. People are refusing to come up out of these adulterous remarriages and those who are divorced, they are struggling and being downright rebellious about the fact that if there is no reconciliation and you have a living covenant spouse, you must remain single. And that means celibate. And you have people right now today at this hour is telling Jesus, Christ Jesus, to his face that they are not going to remain celibate. They are, in fact, going to remarry, even even knowing the scriptures. And yet they refuse to comply. So I don't know if these people are born again or sinners because this law, this teaching of divorce, remarry, and adultery applies to, to sinners also. But I personally know those who claim the name and are still in an adulterous remarriage, has said, just like the other one, they are not coming out of these remarriages because for this one, Jesus answered a prayer and gave them the green light to stay put. Well, we know that that was not Jesus Christ telling anyone to stay in willful, blatant sin. 
totally disregarding his teachings? Rest assured, beloved, that was not Jesus Christ. On no day of the week will Jesus ever tell anyone that they get to stay in sin when everyone else has to walk the straight and narrow path. So, I want to read to you all a posting by a dear sister over there on Facebook. From time to time, I make special appearances back over there on Facebook as I am led by Holy Spirit, right? And so this topic of divorce and remarry, it is such a hot button issue when it don't even need to be. The reason why people are bucking up against this very basic, if you ask me, teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ is because people want their flesh pleased. They want sensual, sexual pleasures. So whether they have it in a covenant or, or illicit, their loins are, are dictating the way they go. So this precious sister hit the nail on the head with this post. And then we're going to go into a further teaching. So for, for some of you who got this understanding, you can just click off because you and I both know, you know what Jesus taught on this topic. But for those, <clears throat> for those who are new to the podcast, and this may be new information for you, stay tuned. Because if you are in a remarriage and you have a living spouse, that means your first spouse, your covenant partner. It don't matter if you are in a third or fourth or fifth marriage. In the eyes of God, you are still married to your first spouse. And we're going to get into fully the teaching of Jesus on this topic. So, this precious sister said it correctly. God hates divorce. Remarriage to another while your first covenant spouse is still alive is sinful before God. It is a continuous state of adultery and no adulterer will, inher <clears throat> will inherit the kingdom of, of God. The marriage vow is an unbreakable covenant. The marriage tie is sacred and it will not be broken. Only death can break it. Amen. Because many churches today are filled with people who are divorced 
both pastors and the laity. Places of worship are filled with adulterers, and in such places God is not there, for he is holy. Amen. And because <clears throat> and because many so-called Christians lack the true knowledge of the holy, holy, holy God, they have exchanged the glory of the very holy God with idols fashioned out of their own wicked, deceitful hearts. Mm-hmm. This is a very hot issue. Most pastors will not touch out of fear of losing their members, or when they do touch it, they get it wrong to to tickle the itching ears of their congregation. Do not listen to the popular preachers. Most of them work for the devil. Oh, yes, they do. God intended for nothing, absolutely nothing, to break or separate a couple, i.e., if God put you together, let no man put asunder. Even if you caught your wife under another man or or found your husband on top of another woman, that is not a reason to divorce before God. You must forgive him or her. Nothing can put asunder the two who are now one flesh before God. Amen. Adultery is not a reason to leave your wife or husband. Prayfully ask God to guide you to his revealed truth. He will, he will never change his word. You must not stay with a violent spouse especially when your life is under threat. Separation is allowed, but you must remain single to maintain sexual purity. Until the first covenant spouse dies, you cannot marry or enter into any sexual relationship that is fornication and adultery. You must remain single or be reconciled with your first spouse. This is a hard thing to take, but the way to heaven is not an easy road. It is the narrow way. Only a few strive to, in, to, to enter through the straight gate. If you are divorced and remarried, take heed that you lose not your soul in hell because of the hardness of your heart. Amen. And therefore, beloved... I am not the only one beating this dead horse into the ground. Many, 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 many brethren knows the truth of this teaching. 
in this 21st century, we see divorce among quote-unquote Christians at an all-time high, especially when you have apostates and counterfeiters in the pulpit marrying divorced people, and not to mention a lot of these celebrated pastors and bishops and prophets and prophetess have divorced and have a living spouse and they have remarried. Beloved, that's why I continuously, every time I am prompted by Holy Spirit to continue in this lesson, So again, like I said, most of you on the podcast got the memo. You fully understand this teaching. And I understand if this is when you will click off. But if you know of anyone who is struggling with this teaching, you may want to share this with that person. Because we are going to go again and again and again over scripture that is clear that if you have if you have a living covenant spouse, the one flesh union is still valid until that person dies. So if it takes the next 40, 50 years, For that person to die, you must remain single and celibate. Mm -hmm. Because in the eyes of God, he only validates one marriage. It's one man, one wife for life. So let's get into it. Whether, Whether you want to hear this or not, Matthew 19.9, Matthew chapter 19, verse 9, does not give us permission to remarry because of adultery. Jesus said, except it be for fornication. And some Bibles rendered that as sexual immorality. That is not the same as adultery. And how do we know so? Because he says, you commit adultery. If he meant that the exception is adultery, then why did he say you commit adultery if you marry someone who is divorced? So that word Sexual immorality, translated from the Greek, means porneia. It also means fornication. In context, Jesus is clearly speaking to all of these men who were giving these women a writ of divorce so they can marry someone else. Friends, study the scriptures. I have given you before on this topic that has been so muddled and twisted and manipulated 
people are shell-shocked to find out the truth once and for all where Jesus stood on divorce and remarried. That if you are divorced and you remarry, while your first covenant partner is still alive, you commit adultery each and every time you lay with your new spouse. Eternity is forever. And I thank God for correction. And I thank God for grace. May God continue to have mercy on us all. Because, beloved, I have been nothing but transparent on this podcast from the beginning. I, too, was in two adulterous remarriages while my first covenant spouse was still alive. And it wasn't until I divorced husband number three because of adultery, I thought I was good to go. That if I wanted to remarry, I could. But before I can even get to that, thank you, Lord, for the guardrails in your word, I was taught the biblical understanding on divorce and remarriage. Because although since I know me, I love love, I had already committed to my little pea brain. You know what? I'm done with relationships. I'm now that I have been truly born again, I'm going to focus on serving the Lord. I don't and don't even care to even get into another relationship. And while I was mulling that decision over, bam, I got this teaching. So it just cemented what I was already pondering over in my heart. I'm done with marriage. And so now, since I was deceived and come to find out masses were deceived as well. They were deceived. They were, they were ignorant. They were confused because there is much chaos surrounding this teaching. And no wonder Satan is the author of confusion. He wants you to go against God's word and he sends his sinister ministers to to preach and teach this falsely, not to mention tares who are refusing to come up out of any sin, especially this one. Why? Because people, by and large, love to have sex. So, eternity is forever. So, here's the teaching. We're going to be looking at Matthew 19, 9, Mark 10, 1 through 2, Luke 16, 18, Romans 7, 1 through 3, 1 Corinthians, all of chapter 7. So, many people believe that if your spouse commits adultery, you can remarry. 
Beloved, it is a lie straight from the pit of hell. The Lord Jesus Christ has clearly taught us that divorce and remarrying another person, when you have a living spouse, a covenant spouse, is adultery. His teachings in Mark 10, 1 through 2, I mean, sorry, 1 through 12, teaches that what God has joined together through matrimony and the one flesh union, let no man put asunder. Amen. Because I meant to say Mark 10, 1 through 12, because I said Mark 10, 1 through 2, but take it all the way to verse 12. And then we have Matthew 5, 32 that says, but I say, this is Jesus, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her, that is divorced, committed adultery. Amen. Because People want to keep pulling on Deuteronomy, I believe, what, 24, because according to the law, Moses gave them permission to, to put away their wives for every cause, any cause. And so people, just like the Pharisees, is saying, yeah, but over there in Deuteronomy 24, Moses said it was okay. And Jesus dealt with it then, and he has dealt with it today. His response then is the same today when people want to reach back to the law on this topic and say, see, divorce was okay because of adultery. Whenever we hear Jesus quoting the law and then when he say, and then when he say, but I say, that means whatever the master is about to say next, overrides the law. Because in Matthew 30, I'm sorry, in Matthew 5, 32 he starts off by saying, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife saving for the cause of fornication, causing her to commit adultery and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, commit adultery. Amen. And that's for both a man or a woman. Matthew 19.9 teaches that if a man or a woman divorces and marries another, they commit adultery. Luke 16.18 teaches that anyone who divorces their spouse and marries another commits adultery. And the man or the woman who marries a divorced man or woman commits adultery. 
Amen. It's clear. Romans 7 verses 1 through 3. Paul taught. Know ye not brethren. For I speak to them that know the law. How that the law had dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But, but if the husband be dead, she, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. Rightly so. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Amen. Beloved, many, many remarried people struggle with these verses. I told you because people love sex. They love sex. They love having sex. They love thinking about sex. And they love committing sexual pleasures on one another. So this same person who say they are born again, they can tell you with absolute certainty, no homosexual, no idolator, no effeminate, no covetous, greedy person, no liar, no murderer, no deceiver, no gossip will inherit the kingdom of God. But then they jump right over that in those same verses say no adulterer. And yet they suddenly get amnesia because that's the sin they refuse to give up. They can't agree with you that a sinner has no place in God's kingdom. And yet, these are they because they love sex more than they love Jesus because their resulting action prove they love the flesh and that spouse more than Jesus. So, they can say what they want. The fruit they produce is evident who they love. So, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 tells us no adulterer will inherit the kingdom of God. No wonder this teaching of Jesus is hard because even he said that what he is saying about this topic is hard to understand. Over there in verse 11 of Matthew 19, he said, but he said unto them, all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. Amen. So let's take it from the top. Matthew 19. In Matthew 19, starting from verses 3 to 12, let us get the understanding. The Pharisees, 
They were trying to trip up Jesus on a discussion about divorce. So here's the conversation in its entirety. Starting at verse 3. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? Okay, talking about that law that they that they cherished so much. Okay, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Okay, so we know this is God's stance on marriage. So, here the Pharisees pointing to the law, right? Where are we at? Verse 7. They said unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He said unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you. Meaning, Moses gave in to y'all because y'all were just so rebellious and so stiff-necked. And that heart was just hard as stone. So, he suffered you all. Jesus says, because of the hardness of your hearts suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. So these Pharisees love, loved to go to the law to point stuff out on any topic just to see, just to tempt Jesus to see if he would say anything against the law. And then they will have a charge against him. And then he says in verse 9. And I say unto you. Meaning what the law is saying about divorce. Now that God is on the scene. He's telling them. And I say unto you. Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committed adultery. And whoso marry her, which is put away, do commit adultery. Verse 10. His disciples say, his disciples say unto him, because although Jesus was talking to the Pharisees about this, his disciples were also listening to this whole conversation. And they were like, if the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. You want to know why? Because they understood that if you get married or you are married and 
it don't work out. You commit adultery. And under the law, the penalty for adultery was to be stoned to death. And so his disciples is like, why get married? Because it just may not work out. And so Jesus said in verse 11, All men cannot receive this saying, say they to whom it is given. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. And there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. And there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it Let him receive it. Amen. Listen, the Lord is saying that you had some men who were born eunuchs, right? They didn't have the male member or something was deformed about it and it couldn't work, right? Some were born that way. But then there were some men who were made eunuchs of men by castration because a lot of the time in war or um, punishment for wrongdoing, that could have been the penalty. So some men had it cut off by other men, right? But then, okay, because some men loved God and they didn't want to do anything that would get them in trouble with God where now they face hell's fire. So they purposely castrated themselves. Amen. Right, Holy Spirit? This reminds me. Did did not Jesus say, if your hand caused you to sin, cut it off? Did he not say, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out because a man commits adultery in his heart if he looks upon a woman in lust. So although Jesus was not saying literally start chopping off body parts, but we can see how these men became eunuchs because they didn't want to lust in their hearts to commit adultery. They didn't want to get married and and enjoy the, the physical pleasures of a woman. And then for that marriage to not work out and end up in the lake of fire, they cut it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, some people love Jesus more than they own bodies and other people. I know it's hard for you to understand that to the ones who who are kicking and screaming about, no, Jesus wants me to be happy in this remarriage. You better take a cue from these eunuchs, okay? Because God's stance is and will always be, let no man put asunder. That means in the eyes of God, no civil court of law can grant a man a divorce that will be, that would be sanctioned by holy God, not on any day of the week. 
Listen, you got to understand God's ways are not our ways. Is a purpose for the one flesh union. So, the reason why there is so much controversy and debate over these scriptures is because false pastors and preachers have distorted the meaning of this passage and passed it down to those who thought my hand is raised who thought they were in the clear. No, like you, I thought if your spouse cheated on you, you are free and clear to divorce them because of their or your infidelity. But is that really so? So, let us take a look at the word fornication. Okay, because that's key. There's a huge difference between fornication and adultery. Because recall, Jesus said, except it be for fornication. That means that if your blushing virgin bride turns out to not be a virgin on, on the, the night of the wedding, because you see, a woman was considered a virgin if her her hymen was not broken. And so once she has sex for the very first time and that hymen gets broken, there will be blood in the sheets. So if a Jewish man on the night of his wedding don't see blood in the sheets, he can rightly surmise his blushing bride was not a virgin. And if that's the case, they have every right to seek a divorce. Because deception. I know <laughs> in the 21st century, we don't have many virgin brides. And that may seem to be so so prudish to even expect the bride or the groom to be a virgin these days, but not so. Most of us were not virgins on our wedding nights. Sad to say. But just like how it wasn't so that divorce was the norm, we were not supposed to be fornicating before we got married. We, both the man and the woman, was expected by holy God to be virgins. So, I don't, I don't know how it can be proven. Well, unless a baby shows up. But other than that, how can it be proven that a man was was not a virgin on the wedding night unless some months later hmm there's a knock on the door this young lady appears with an infant in her arms talking about this is Bob's baby and you're like no 
Bob was a virgin, and we just got married. So how is it that he can have a baby? Well, Miss Wifey, what you don't know is that I met Bob first before you before you all got engaged. And while y'all were engaged, me and Bob was still seeing and sleeping around with one another and I got pregnant. And you're like, Bob, get in here. Who is this claiming that this is your baby? I don't know, babe. I never seen her before in my life. I don't know. And she's like, Bob, stop lying. Tell her who I am and that this is, in fact, our baby. No, babe. No, it's not. I've never seen her before in my life. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Six weeks later, DNA testing comes back. Not only is Bob a cheater, but he is a big fat liar. That's Bob's baby. So now, what does the blushing bride do in this case? Well, Jesus said, if your intended, if your betrothed, has committed fornication, that means having sex without being married. And then you find out upon whether it be on wedding night or or shortly after the marriage, you can get a divorce. This person deceived you. They were not virgins. So, Jesus wasn't talking about putting away your spouse who cheated on you during the marriage. No, he was talking about infidelity during the engagement stage. So follow me closely or you go, or you going to miss it. Because you see, you cannot commit fornication when you are married. So now we know That Jesus was talking about if your intended spouse had an illicit sexual liaison before you two got married and after you were married, it was revealed, it came out, whether there was no blood on the sheets or a baby suddenly appears and through DNA testing, yup, that's Bob's, Bob's baby. Or in the 21st century, if there's a video, okay, because sad to say, and this is not to indict all men, but some men like to take video of their conquest. And this This female fiance, she thought she was getting this off in secret. But lo and behold, there's a video and it is time stamped. And because he's so in love with her, but she's not leaving Bob. Because you see, Bob was the faithful one in this scenario. But old Miss Missy, she just couldn't give up her little side piece. And the side piece fell in love, (laughs) fell in love, and now he wants to expose her. And shortly after the honeymoon, here he comes with a video. Clearly, that's her because Bob can tell that birthmark, 
because he found out about the birthmark on, on the wedding night. And so he knows that's his wife. Now, you can either work it out or you can divorce. But forgiveness and repentance is the better way to go all around. So, the confusion about this exception is because people don't understand the customs because don't forget Jesus was born as a Jewish a Jewish man in Jewish culture under the law in Jesus day they took marriage very seriously and engagement or betrothal was just as serious as if they were married. Only thing that was missing was the physical consummation. It was so serious that if any party was to call off the engagement, you actually needed to get a divorce written up. Because over here in the 21st century, People are so flippant about marriage that we don't really give it any serious thought to the fact that God said to death do you part. And how do we know that they took it so seriously? Think about Joseph. When he found out that his fiancée Mary was pregnant with Jesus when she returned from her visit with her cousin Elizabeth, who was also pregnant with John the Baptist, well, Joseph, until the angel came and explained to him that the baby in her womb was conceived by the Holy Spirit and not by another man, wanted to divorce her while they were betrothed, engaged. Listen, go and study that story out for yourself and you will see just how serious the engagement or, or betrothal really is. And, that, and that's what makes this such a hot potato, a hot potato. So Jesus gives only two reasons for you to remarry after a divorce. Number one, you are a widow. Or number two, your spouse committed fornication while you two were engaged. And after marriage, his or her illicit sexual liaison was revealed. Mm -hmm. For any other reason besides these two, if you choose to remarry, According to Jesus, you are now in adultery and you commit adultery each and every time you sleep with your new spouse. Mm -hmm. And not only you, but your new spouse is also committing adultery. Why? Because they married a divorced person who was not a widow or whose fiance did not commit fornication during their engagement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
because they are sleeping with someone else's spouse. And for them, they are committing fornication because God does not recognize that marriage. Not at all. And if you marry someone who is divorced, that also has a living spouse, well, your your new spouse is committing adultery against their covenant spouse. So all around, if y'all do not repent and come out of these adulterous remarriages, you will go to hell when you die. If you do not, if you do not come up out of these sins. So this topic is so touchy. Even Paul talked about it and dedicated all of chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians to it. In part, he was saying in verses 8 to 11, So I say to those who aren't married, i.e. virgins, right? Who aren't married and to, uh, and to widows. It's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. Amen. But verse 11, for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord. A wife must not leave her husband, but if she does leave him, verse 11, if she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave his wife. Amen. So let's be clear what Jesus is saying about divorce and remarry. Number one. You may divorce your spouse on the grounds of fornication if while y'all was engaged, they had an illicit sexual liaison and then after marriage, it was revealed, then you can give them a writing of divorce. But why not try to reconcile? Why not allow repentance, godly sorrow to, to run its course. You can get over this. It's going to take some time. Trust must be built up again. But if you to put your trust in Jesus rather than one another and, and allow the blood of Jesus to, to heal this whole situation. A great lesson can come out of this, that we look to Jesus for everything in this life we need. And that means companionship. That means finances, health, everything that a human being needs, but our priority should be seeking God's kingdom, seeking salvation. That's, that's what 
is the most important thing we should be running after anyway. And number two, the widow can remarry if they choose to do so, but that person that they marry must be in the Lord. Amen. But we see how Paul was saying that it's probably best if they do remain single. Amen. Because this, this I believe, is the, the hardest part about all of this to, to comprehend that you must remain single. If, if reconciliation to your covenant spouse is not possible, Let's say that the person just simply said no, or they may be in a remarriage, which is adulterous because as long as you are alive, they are committing adultery and they have no intention whatsoever of leaving that spouse because according to them, that person loves them. And that person did nothing to warrant such a broken heart as me leaving them. Okay. Okay. Well, everyone involved has made their beds that they will lie in on judgment day. Amen. So let's just be clear. If you choose to divorce your spouse For any other reason, aside from the two that Jesus has given us in the Gospels, as well as what Paul is teaching us over here in in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 11. If you choose to go on in divorce anyway, in the eyes of God, You are still married to that first spouse. And y'all can kick and scream, fuss and fight, and drag out the book of Deuteronomy until you all are blue in the face. The one flesh union remains in effect. That marital vow is not fulfilled unless one of the partners dies. That's it. As long as hubby or wifey number one is still breathing in the earth, you must remain single. Especially if you say you are born again. Especially because sinners, they don't follow God about nothing anyways. But this law applies to them as well. Because you see, they got other fish to fry. Okay. They are, they need to repent about a whole lot of stuff. This is just one of the many sins that will testify against them on judgment day. But for you who know the word of God, who you know is not playing with anyone trampling over the precious blood of Jesus Christ, you know this. 
you you know the teachings of the Lord, but for some reason, when it comes to this topic, you act like this don't apply to you, but you can stand flat-footed against homosexuality, against murder, against lying, against stealing, against blasphemy. You... <clears throat> You know those scriptures inside and out. And yet, the one about adultery, you seem to draw a blank. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, beloved. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. In closing, because I think that was pretty much clear. So if you are still lost on this topic, The recap is, if you have a living spouse, that means if the first person you ever married is still alive, even if y'all have gotten a divorce, if that person is still alive, you know this person is alive, okay? And if you remarry, Jesus says, you are committing adultery. Every time you sleep with that spouse. And just like the Pharisees were were sticking to the law about how Moses gave them a writing of divorce to put away their wives for whatever cause. Jesus overrode it then. And he overrides it now. So please stop it with the Deuteronomy 24. Jesus said, but I say unto you. And whatever comes next overrides everything else that was said before then. Whatever was in place then got overridden by what Jesus is now commanding. Because some people act like Jesus' words don't matter. Only that if you believe in him, you will have eternal life. So when he said, you must be born again, everyone is like, yes, Jesus, yes, I agree with you. Yes, yes, Jesus. (laughs) But then when Jesus started talking about this, oh, no, 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 Jesus didn't mean that. No, no, Jesus is, is confused because he says sexual immorality that means adultery folks wake up okay jesus graduated high school (laughs) okay because some people think that jesus is just some confused spiritual being that he doesn't know the difference between the words fornication and adultery no the problem is you're trying to skirt around that command That's the problem. Trust and believe. Christ Jesus is wisdom. He he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but except through me. So if he says he's the truth, not that he has truth which he does, but he is the truth of all truths. 
That's him. That's the person. Truth is a person. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, I am the truth. So if you ever want to know the truth about anything, Jesus is the one we go to to get the wisdom. Why? Because he is the truth. Not that although he is trustworthy, truthful, and he speaks many truths. Also, he is the truth. Capital T, a person. The person of truth is Jesus Christ. Not the law. Not what Moses said. Not what the Pharisees say said. It's all about what Jesus has said. What he is saying stands. His word will stand for all time. It stood over 2,000 years ago and it still stands today. Now, if you don't agree with Jesus, then say that. Just put it on front street. Jesus, I don't agree with you. Therefore, I'm not going to listen to you. But because you're trying to be slick. And you you are trying to be spiritual at the same time. So you know it is in poor taste to call Jesus a liar to his face in public. Because then that would just be blasphemous, right? So what you do is that mm, you just start pulling out Old Testament laws. And you start going back and forth with the nonsense because you know what Jesus said. So I don't know who you are trying to convince that Jesus is just some crazy mixed up kid that he don't know the difference between fornication and adultery. No, you are the mixed up kid to think that an adulterer is going to inherit God's kingdom. You better repent and come out of those adulterous remarriages because I'm going to leave y'all with this question on the floor. Who are you going to obey? Jesus or your flesh? Because that's why this issue is so touchy and so hotly debated because the wolf in sheep's clothing had lured us into a false sense of security when all the while we were on the road to hell and for some are still on that road because of adultery. On the other hand, we can point the finger to the wolf all day, all day, but at the end of the day, only you and I alone will stand before Jesus Christ on judgment day to give an account for your life. It is your responsibility, child of God, for you to work out your own soul salvation. You got to find out what sins will keep you out of heaven and come out of them.
Because we can't solely put the responsibility on the wolf pastor because he too busy trying to accumulate more houses, cars, and lands. And trying to get more recognition of his of his name. So, mm-mm, mm-mm. we got to be like the Bereans and be in the word of God studying it for ourselves to show ourselves approved. Only you, only me, will stand before Jesus alone. And what you going to tell him? Well, the pastor said, and then he's going to say, like he said to the Pharisees, but I say unto you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, Christ Jesus is absolutely clear. We don't want to hear the answer, but the answer shall stand. We have to accept God for all of his blessing scriptures as well as those scriptures that commands us to make tough choices in this life. So if you say, but I've been in this remarriage for for 10 years and we have blended our families, we have a brand new baby. Our monies are mingled together. We have businesses together. We have property together. I love this man. He's the best thing since sliced bread. Because you see, Bob was a cheater and a liar. And he had a baby on me. Or Sheila. All she did was just nag, nag, nag. I couldn't hang out with the boys. I didn't have any free time to myself. She was always in my phone looking for stuff. I had to go. She was mean-spirited. She was jealous. She had anger fits all the time. She was constantly depressed. She was high one day, down low the next. So... I wasn't about to put up with that for the rest of my life because you see Lisa over here, oh, she's just so calm, cool, and collected. She allows me to have my free time. She gives me space. She's not in my phone every five seconds talking about who's this, who's that, who's this. Mm-mm. No, I'm staying with Lisa. And yes, we both prayed to the Lord to ask for forgiveness and he forgave us. Okay, so then why are y'all still together? Well, Jesus forgave us. We repented and he forgave us because he's merciful and gracious. Yeah, yeah, stop. We know all of that. The question is, then why are you still disobeying him with the practice of adultery? No, it's not adultery anymore. How many ways can I say this? Jesus forgave us. Okay, so if that's the case, right? Yes, that's the case. Okay, so then the homosexual who who loved to have sex with the same sex, but they are now in Christ. They are born again, and they had to give up their lovers 
So you mean to tell me that that homosexual, because since God, Jesus has forgiven them, they get to go back to their perversion? So you mean to tell me that the reformed rapist who's been raping little boys for decades, once he came to Christ, he put away all of that mess. And he stayed out of it. So you mean to tell me just because he got forgiven that he can go back to raping little five-year-old boys? So you mean to tell me that the crackhead prostitute who gave away her body for $5, but then she came to Christ and got cleaned up like a shiny penny. You mean to tell me that Although Christ forgave her that that she could get back in touch with her pimp and she can go back on the pipe because Jesus forgave her. Yeah, I thought so. That's craziness. Listen, once you repent of your sins and Jesus has forgiven you, you don't get to stay in that sin. And that includes adulterous remarriages. Yes, you must remain single, but I'm in this marriage. Divorce that person. Listen, if you are serious about going to heaven, because you see, I'm talking to the ones who are serious about getting up out of here and one piece and meeting Jesus. I'm talking to that one. I'm talking to the ones who understood when Jesus says you cannot love your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your son, your daughter more than, than you love him. I'm talking to that one. I'm talking to the one who fully understands when Jesus says to be his disciple, his follower, you must pick up your cross daily, deny yourselves, and come and follow him. I'm talking to that one. I ain't talking to you because if you ain't listening to Jesus, you're not going to listen to us who who understands this, this teaching. How about the ones who, who really had to make a, a hard decision? Because they too loved their new spouse, but they loved Jesus more. And it broke many hearts, devastated many children, tore apart businesses because they loved Jesus more than their flesh. They loved Jesus more than their new blushing bride. Okay? People gave up their lives, gave up their lives in order to follow Jesus. Do you not know that John the Baptist got his head served on a platter behind this divorce, remarriage, and adultery? So you mean to tell me that you are a special case? Greater than John the Baptist, greater than your fellow man who who literally gave up their lives, separating themselves from their new partner because they chose Jesus over the flesh, but not you though. Mm -mm. You ain't doing it. And then you want to argue back and forth in the comments 
trying to trying to appease your flesh that it is okay to to stay in this remarriage because Jesus forgave me then you have no idea what repentance is all about. It is all about a turning in your mind from sin that will result in action. If you have not done that, then you have not repented. And I don't know about this forgiveness that you claim you have because forgiveness make a man go and sin no more. Like, it's my bell. Wake up, people, okay? Because when Jesus forgave the woman who was caught under the law of Moses in the very act of adultery, no one could stand accusing her. Every one of them that had a rock to stone her because the penalty under the law for adultery was to be stoned to death. And Jesus Christ said to them, the first one that has committed no sin, be the first one to cast your rock. And what happened? Every single person from the youngest to the oldest dropped their rocks and went away. So Jesus told her, I don't condemn you either. Now go, comma, and sin no more. Amen. So that's the pattern. Once Jesus forgives you, thank you, Holy Spirit. You are to go and sin no more. And if you don't come up and, and if you don't come out of that adulterous remarriage, you are sinning some more. Once you get the forgiveness, you don't get to stay in sin. You must thereafter commit no more sin. So there we have that. That's it. And as long as people are still kicking and screaming and fussing and fighting about this topic, then we will be on these platforms bringing, thus saith the Lord. These are Jesus' words. So, keep in mind, okay? This life is but a vapor, and then we will meet eternity. Be wise. Trust in the Lord. He knows what is right and what is best for us. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you once again for this teaching. You write, the one flesh union is in effect until one of the partners die. Then after that, that marital vow is fulfilled. Until then, if we remarry and that first spouse is still alive if if fornication wasn't the reason or death wasn't the reason and we remarry we commit adultery this world all of these divorce courts they can hand out a writing of divorcement give them out like tic tacs all day 
But at the end of the day, your command stands. Let no man put asunder. We know the reason why Moses gave them a writing of divorcement. Because their hearts were were hard. They they were a stiff-necked, rebellious nation. So he suffered them. And he allowed them to put away their wives for whatever reason. What? Whatever the reason was. But then once Christ Jesus, the Messiah, came to this world to die for the sins of the people, he was preparing hearts for the kingdom. A new way of living was on the scene. That's why he would always say, but I say, and whatever he says, we do it. We comply, we obey, even if it means that this flesh gots to be crucified and put under. Mm-hmm. So we know, Father, that there are many rebellious children wayward children and 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 outright sinners who don't obey you who don't listen to you and we all pay the price in in our own different way we pay the price of our disobedience and some of us got woken up my hand is raised and I'm not the only one who who now fully understands that if we sow to this flesh, from the flesh we will reap eternal destruction. But if we sow to the Spirit, we shall reap eternal life. And that life is only found in Jesus Christ. It is not found in a spouse. It is not found in a house. It is not found in a, in a child is not found in a parent. It's certainly not found in the wolf pastor bishop. Not at all. Have mercy on us, Father. And if anyone who now fully understands they are living in adultery in that remarriage, give them grace, Father, to untangle themselves from that union. Give them grace, give them time, give them your love. Give them a strategy to to come out, heal, heal wounded hearts, dry many tears, Father. Show them that the way to eternal life, that path, it is straight and it is narrow and few will be on that path. Namely, because people want their sex more than they want Jesus. Heaven forbid. Have have mercy on us all, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Well, there we have that. Glory be to God. Repent and believe. Stop sinning. 
come out of these adulterous remarriages. And if you are divorced, and if you are planning on remarrying while your covenant spouse is alive, I'm warning you, don't do it. Don't do it. Stay with Jesus. It's going to pan out in the end. Because let us never forget, harvest time is coming. It's only a matter of time before Jesus beckons the reapers, those angels, to put their sickles in the earth and reap those tares and throw them into the wine press of God's wrath. Blood is going to be flowing like new wine. Don't be caught up in that, that wine press. It ain't going to be pretty and you are going to be weeping and gnashing of your teeth that old Lisa girl was not worth all of this torment you and her are facing. It ain't it ain't worth it. Mm-mm. Steve, it's not worth it, beloved. Don't do it. Don't you do it. Until next time, Lord willing, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.